Hi, and welcome to Kitty Talks, the podcast that shows you how to find and follow your purpose and build a life in alignment with your soul. I'm your host, Kitty Waters, a serial entrepreneur and coach, and I'm the founder of the Network for Transformational Leaders. The podcast shares inspirational life stories that empower you to create yours. Every week, I interview top thought leaders that share their life stories, giving you advice on how you can tune in to what you're really here to do. Please go to kittytalks.com and take the free Bliss Life audio and start creating a life you love today. Talks. We share inspirational life stories that empower you to create yours. And today I have with me Lynn McTaggart. Welcome, Lynn. Hi there. How you doing, Kitty? I'm great, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Lynn is best known for bridging science and spirituality. She's a best-selling author, a journalist, and a lecturer. She has released her latest book very recently, The Power of Eight, and we'll be going into more detail with that. So, Lynn, thank you so much for coming and talking on Kitty Talks today. Oh, it's a great delight to be with you, Kitty. So, if you don't mind, Lynn, like one of the things that we do on Kitty Talks is we have amazing people like you on, and they share with us how they first got on their soul path. So, um, I know from kind of doing a bit of research and listening to interviews of yourself that you know you actually had quite a bad health issue um, that made you, I suppose like start what doctors don't tell you. Can you tell me a little bit more about your, I suppose your transition into this work? Okay, well, I was ill in the mid eighties. I got ill and I couldn't find anybody to sort me out. And I went from everyone from conventional doctors to the very outer rim of alternatives and no one could figure out what was wrong with me. Um, So at some point I decided I was going to have to research this myself, if I was going to get any answers. So I researched what I thought I had. And then I found a a pioneer nutritional doctor who I thought could heal me. And we worked together over a year to get me better. I mean, back at the time, I had a faulty microbiome, which would have been very simple for someone to sort out now. But back then, that was pretty new and weird. People didn't know what to do with it. He did. And we spent a year getting me better. And in that time, I was so impressed by what he did and how he dealt with me as an equal partner in this healing journey that I felt like, and also because he was taking this essentially non-drug approach, I thought, well, people need to know about this. And I was probably telling everybody about it. My husband was getting a bit bored by this and said, you know, and so was everybody else, you know. Stop telling me, tell the world. So we started what was then a newsletter called What Doctors Don't Tell You. And in the course of doing that work, which was and is, it's still going. It's now a magazine. It's in 16 countries worldwide and worldwide and growing. Um, it, we look every month at what works and what doesn't work in conventional and alternative medicine. And um, in the course of doing that, 
I kept coming across these really good studies of spiritual healing. And I kept thinking to myself, if you can think something, think thought and use that and send it to someone else and make them better, well, that in itself completely undermines what we think about how the world works. And so I was determined to find out how this could work. So I talked my publisher into more or less letting me go on a journey without a compass. I didn't know what I was looking for. I thought I was looking for human energy fields, but I thought I would talk to a lot of frontier scientists in consciousness research who would be able to understand why spiritual healing works. And each of them came up with what compounded to me. They had been doing experimental work that completely violated everything we think about how the world works. And they had come up with what compounds to a completely new view of the world. So I wrote that in my book, The Field. And I mean, that staggered me, this whole new world view. But there was something else that was really interesting to me, which was the whole implication that thoughts are an actual something with the capacity to change physical matter. So I kept thinking to myself, hmm, how far can we take this? You know, are we talking about just moving a quantum particle or are we talking about... Um, are we talking about curing cancer with our thoughts? You know, and also what happens when lots of people are thinking the same thought at the same time? Does that magnify the effect? So I, I decided to test this. I mean, I, I was almost like a 21st century doubting Thomas. I thought, I'm going to put this to the ultimate test. I'm going to create the biggest global laboratory in the world. I will take my readers, and there are readers from 30 languages around the world with my books, and I'll take my, um, my scientists, the scientists that I've met through work in the field, and if I put them together, we'll have this giant online laboratory. And I'll ask the scientists every so often to set up some well-controlled experiment, and then I'll ask my readers to come on, on the website at a certain time and send an intention to affect that target. So we have done, we've run about 30 of them to date, and 26 have shown measurable, mostly significant effects. Now, just to, that, that's everything from trying to affect very subtle processes like a leaf, to making plants grow faster, to trying to purify water, changing the pH, to lowering violence in war-torn areas, and healing a patient of PTSD. So that kind of track record, there's no pharmaceutical drug out there that has that kind of consistent track record. It was mind-blowing, but <clears throat> that's not the reason I wrote The Power of Eight, and that's probably not what really transformed me. What really transformed me was finding that the effects on the participants of these experiments, large and small, large-scale ones and also little workshop groups of eight, we're having a bigger effect than on their targets. There was some sort of amazing mirror effect going on that I couldn't explain, and it was just shocking to me. Wow. One of the things that really interested me um, when I was doing the research around your book, The Power of Eight, was one of the things you said it really opened up was it helped people get back on their life, uh, in their life purpose. And uh, obviously, at Kitty Talks, what we do is we're encouraging people to find and follow and get on their soul path and discover their life purpose, something that is uh, working in alignment and helping the planet. So can you tell me a little bit more about what you found in your book in relation to helping people on their life purpose? 
Well, what I discovered was that participating in any kind of group intention, whether it was little groups of eight or giant intention experiments like mine, when people come together in a group and formulate the same intention and hold it at the same time, there seems to be amazing rebound effects that occur. So what I found was that people who had participated, say in some of my peace intention experiments, when I surveyed them afterward, and I was just surveying to find out could they get on the internet, had it been a good experience for them, they were sending back thousands of responses saying, I have much more peace in my life. I had a mystical experience. You know, I felt like I was wired into a higher network. Thousands of people saying things like this. I was like the tractor beam in the tractor beam of Star Trek. Um, I am making, I've made up with the, my estranged family members. I'm now talking to my mother who I haven't spoken to in years. I'm getting along better with my boss. Um, I'm hugging strangers. I'm in love with everybody I come in contact with. But also, I've left my workaday job and I've gone for something much more meaningful. Um, and I found that over and over again. But also when I started experimenting with small groups, just putting people in groups of eight and asking them to send a healing intention to some member of the group with a health challenge, mm -hmm. there were amazing healings in the recipients. I mean, lots of people. I had a woman with scoliosis who, um, her back, she was completely out of pain as soon as she finished. And she had to change the rear view mirror in her car a week later because her back was so much straighter. We've had cataract victims say they're 80% better and MS victims come back the next day without their crutches. I mean, extraordinary stories that completely shocked me because I never expected a group intention experience to be anything more than a facial, like a feel good exercise. And I, I come from a hard-nosed reporting background, and that kind of desire for evidence has never left me. But what I did find was that among the senders of these small groups as well, they oftentimes experienced amazing rejuvenation. I'll give you an example for just, from just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. A fellow called Wes, he is 65 years old. He was planning on going to university as all signed up when he got drafted for the Vietnam War. So this is back in the late 60s, early 70s. And it was just at the end of the war because he had a low draft number. There was a lottery there in America at the time. And so that completely derailed his university plans. And after the war, which really traumatized him, he was very depressed he kind of went on a downward spiral. His life never really got on track again. And he met some woman who was the love of his life, his second wife, but she didn't last too long. She died a few years later with cancer. He had huge medical bills. He ended up having to drive trucks long distance to pay them. It's a terrible story, terrible, terrible, of a very smart guy who wanted to study science and got completely derailed. So he participated in the Power of Eight group I ran in Denver just, just some weeks ago. And he came back a few days later to report what happened. And remember, he was a sender, not even the recipient of this healing intention. He didn't put himself forward. Um, he had a lot of depression over the years, too. And he said his depression is gone. He had got to the point of really feeling, what's the use? 
I shouldn't even get out of bed in the morning. He was having a hard time even making himself breakfast. And all of a sudden, it was like the grass was greener. The flowers were more beautiful. They smelled more beautiful than they ever had. He just bounded out of bed, had so much energy. Um, he was doing 90-minute exercises like power walking and lifting weights and not feeling it hardly at all. And now has all of these plans to, you know, to, to write a book, to do this, to do that. And he even had a dream where he imagined meeting his 19-year-old self and the 19-year-old self turning to him and saying, there's still time. So it was just amazing, a real amazing case of somebody recognizing. Now his life where he's a really good communicator, his life's purpose is to communicate and that got derailed and now he's going back to it. And it's almost like the collective power of the eight people, that intention has helped shift him back onto the right path and give him more energy. Like, how do you explain it? Well, I had to take a whole book to explain it. In, in a way, Kitty, it's why I didn't. I have, you know, this, a lot of these ex experiences were coming forward in around 2008 when I first started the intention experiments, even in 2007. And I was very, I was really terrified when I saw that there were these big healings going on, these big rebound effects and mirror effects. I didn't know what to make of it. I think it's a bunch of different things. I think it is the power of the group, the idea of a group of strangers sending a collective intention to you or being part of that bigger community type of circle where you are sending intention to someone who really needs it. That can be really powerful. The second thing I think is really important is the power of altruism, getting off of yourself. I mean, it's amazing to see the science of altruism. It's like a bulletproof vest. I mean, it really, you know, there's been studies of people doing praying for other people. There was one amazing study of people who have depression. And this psychologist wanted to see if prayer would help with that. So he took about 400 people who were volunteers with depression, put them into two groups. And one half were going to be the people getting the prayer. And the other half were the people doing the praying. And it was really quite amazing because the people who got the prayer did really well. I mean, they were doing much better, but the people who did the praying did better still. They were really doing well. So he had to conclude that the giving of prayer is much more powerful and healing than the receiving. And if you look at all of the evidence on altruism, honest to God, anybody who gives anything is healthier, lives longer, is happier than people who just are on the receiving end. Well, I love that you said that because obviously I've now been lucky enough to interview 70 thought leaders, Lynn, and people like yourself who are doing their life's work, but their work is very much in service. So, you know, your work, you're helping so many people. And I've witnessed that myself. And obviously this is the whole idea of Kitty Talks is to get people on their soul path, doing work where they help others. And I've seen that for myself, like the thought leaders I've interviewed, as well as obviously them having a great impact on the planet, you know, their lives have opened up and obviously the synchronicities mm -hmm. and it's almost like the universe totally has their back in relation to the work. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that is an amazing effect. It's really quite incredible um, to see this. 
And now what I tried to do was document it with small power of eight group because that was the amazing thing of it. It was the group. It wasn't a guru. It wasn't, you know, a long, long disciplined situation. I was so amazed by these kind of healing effects of these groups, whether you were a sender or receiver, that I put, <clears throat> I invited a batch of people to be part of a year long master class. And I got about 250 and I put them into groups of about eight. And I asked them to meet with each other week by week and send healing intention to each other and to people outside. And after giving them some instruction over seven weeks, that I let them go and I just sent them weekly missives with challenges, et cetera. And I documented it. I, I monitored them month by month over the entire year. And of the 250, 150 <clears throat> continued to meet regularly with their groups. And of those 150, pretty much 100% of them had major life transformations. They healed longstanding conditions, like um, one woman had 15-year-old chronic fatigue. She tried everything, every alternative thing, didn't work. And <clears throat> working with her group, she just got healed. Another guy with lifelong depression, a guy in his 40s, was a clinical psychologist, so it was really embarrassing for him but nothing worked for him. Every integrative specialist he'd gone to had never been able to break through. And yet working with his group, he no longer has depression. And on and on. And besides these kinds of physical healings, we had amazing situations where people found their dream jobs or they set up, they decided to leave their boring workaday jobs and pursue something they'd always wanted to do. And they set up all kinds of interesting entrepreneurial schemes and were getting success at it and all kinds of things. So people were doing really well, but there were a few who weren't. And we were trying everything with them. I was telling them to go back to their moment of scarcity and do this and do that. Nothing. Mm. So I finally just said, in the case of one woman, Andy, I just said, Andy, get off of yourself. Just start intending for someone else. Just stop thinking about it. She kept trying to intend to have a certain kind of job and lots of income coming in, et cetera. It just wasn't happening. So the moment she started intending for someone else, and this was a, a kid who had tried to commit suicide by throwing himself off of a 40-foot structure, a 15-year-old boy who had broken up with his first serious girlfriend. When we heard about it, he'd broken everything. They didn't think he was going to live. When we heard about it, we set up essentially with this master class a healing vigil for Luke. And Andy was part of that. And the moment she did, the moment she did, the very next week, she got an offer of a dream job and all of her luck started changing for her. Wow. So this happened over and over and over again. I documented it. Um, I did brainwave studies on these people to see why a group is so powerful. I worked with um, Life University. I had spoken there. It's the largest chiropractic university in the world. And they offered to put their psychology department at my disposal to study these effects. So we did. We did a very, a very well set up experiment with a neuroscientist studying the EEG measurements, the um, QEEG is, is the equipment, it's the cap you put on your brains to measure brainwaves. And we measure the brainwaves of a series of senders in these 
small power of eight groups. And we found amazing things, amazing brain changes. It wasn't at all like meditation, which we assumed it would be. Mm. It was much more almost identical to the brainwave signatures of people in a kind of mystical state, a state of enlightenment, like Sufi masters or Buddhist monks in ecstatic prayer. These had been measured by a guy called Dr. Andrew Newberg in studies um, from the University of Pennsylvania. And our brainwave signatures were identical to that, a global quieting of the parts of the brain very much involved with separation, you feeling separate from everything else in the world. You know, that's the parietal lobes that tell you where you end and the rest of the universe begins. And also places in the frontal lobes that are um, involved in worry, negativity, doubt, those kinds of things, they were turned way down too. So this was amazing to me. This was an evidence of a kind of a, a state of ecstatic oneness they were experiencing. And it could be all of those factors create a situation that helps people have better fortune, better health, et cetera, attract to them. Mm. Yeah, it's almost like um, like when they get out of their own, like you said, when they're not focusing on themselves and they're focusing on others. And then obviously from there, what they're doing is that collective intention is obviously very powerful because one of the things that I know you and I both believe is that we are so more so much more powerful than we have been taught. Um, mm -hmm. And obviously, you know, there's been so much um, ancient wisdom that has been buried, and we now are, you know, are coming back to that way of thinking. We're really starting to understand how powerful we are. I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about um, over the course of your work. I know that you've had some amazing experiences. So tell us a little bit more about about that subject. About uh, myself or other experiences with people involved with these power of eight groups. And, and um, I mean, the, the real amazing things have been what's happened to these people in intention experiments and groups. Um, I've been just astonished to watch uh, what happened. I mean, for instance, and, and another example of people getting off themselves and having good fortune was Lisa. Lisa was, was part of a power of eight group, and she wanted to write a book. She's a bodywork practitioner, and she felt that she had something important to say about how to heal trauma patients for other bodywork specialists. But she'd never written a book before. She was pretty daunted by the prospect. She'd gone through about two or three editors. Nobody was working well with her. It wasn't happening. The book wasn't coming together. She was also really frightened about the prospect of marketing and being putting herself up for criticism and being shot down. Mm. So... She was working with her group and working with her group. She was part of that year-long process, and nothing was happening. And so once again, we said, get off of yourself, Lisa. She started intending for someone else who had a lot of financial hardship, whose life was much more challenging than hers. And um, as soon as she did, as soon as she did, the next week, she walks into town. She has this uncontrollable urge to go into a store. She didn't even need anything in the store. She just goes in there and she sees somebody she vaguely knows. And she just gets the courage to go up to that person. And it turns out that person is a book coach. And when 
She finds out what Lisa is wanting to do. She offers to mentor her through the whole process. Gives her the right people, gets her the right editor, gets her the right marketing people, and lo and behold, Lisa's book gets published and becomes an Amazon number one bestseller. Wow. <laughs> incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. There's the power of intending for someone else. Yeah. So this is the thing that I think is so counterintuitive. You know, we've been taught in, in this movement so much about self-help. Mm. Um, but what I'm really looking at is the power of other help. And that sounds like, oh, isn't that nice? Isn't that a good little feeling? But it isn't. It's, it's probably the most selfish thing you can do. You know, I looked at one study that really convinced me. It was a study of people who were trying to live the good life, you know, get become affluent, um, have all the holidays they wanted, all the things they wanted, et cetera, et cetera. They were real pleasure seekers. They were, you know, they were living the dream, right? And the scientists looked at their immune system markers and found they had terrible immune system markers. These people should have been dropping like flies, or they would be soon. They had, you know, they were candidates for heart attacks, cancer, Alzheimer's disease, you name it, every degenerative disease in the book. They then looked at other people who were maybe less affluent, but living a life of meaning, where they were focusing on something meaningful, and that would mean getting off of themselves. And they had amazing immune system markers. They were gonna live forever. These guys were really, really tough. And I think that this is one really interesting thing about the self-help movement that is a little unnerving. All that focus on the self is probably not very good for you and mm. probably not really the way to get what you want. Mm. Yeah, and I have to say, I truly believe that when we are on the right path, doing the right work for us, that work is in service to others. So. Yeah. So what, yes. you're, what you're saying there is... Yes, exactly. Mm. Exactly. This doesn't mean don't work on yourself, but look at your work as service. And when you start getting off of that, just that goal of, you know, I want to be rich, I want to be famous, I want to be something like that, and you are a bit more in service, that is what people demonstrate over and over again that they need. I mean, what amazing survey in America was looking at what made people content and happy. And they went all through all kinds of neighborhoods, rich and poor, and it was amazing. The threshold, it wasn't money. The threshold for happiness with money was about, I guess in English terms, about 40,000 pounds, maybe $75,000, mm. uh, which is a, a vast amount of money compared to what you think it might be. People would say a couple hundred thousand or something like that. That was it. That was what people considered the threshold. And it was basically their ability to pay their bills, mm -hmm. maybe have a little left over. That was all they cared about. Anything above that did not make them any happier. What made them happier was connection, service, being in service to others, being essentially connected, having communities. That was the thing that made them really happy. And that I think is really important. That goes back to this whole thing of why these groups are so powerful. Mm. What's the X factor here? Mm. You know, and I think it's a bit of everything. It's the, it's the power of intention. 
that seems to be supersized when we get into a small group. Mm-hmm. It is the um, power of altruism and how and what that does to the body. I mean, altruism also, when you focus on someone else, there's there's a lot of things that happen to you biologically. It fires up a thing called the vagus nerve, which is the longest nerve in the body. It starts right in the back of the neck and it goes all the way down. It connects all the major organs. But it also turns on a lot of the systems involved in compassion, caring, all of that. And, you know, it releases of oxytocin, that, that love hormone. Um, and when it does, it also turns on a lot of immune systems in the body that, you know, the immune system in the body and a lot of those aspects of it that have to do with continuing good health. So it's like a virtuous circle. The more you do for others, the healthier you get, essentially. Mm. It also turns on systems that make us more tolerant of people who are not like us. So that's another really important aspect of these little circles. Aside from being little healing circles, they create much more tolerance in the people who are practicing it. And that's a really important thing for our times, whether we're in America, um, between the whole Republican-Democrat thing and the racial divide, or you know now in the in Europe and in the uh, UK with the whole Brexit issue and all of the other tumultuous things going on here. Mm. And what, what's next for you then? Because obviously this is very groundbreaking what you've discovered, you know, and that it could have a huge impact on the planet effectively. And I'm, I know you well enough to know that you have a plan. So I would love for you to tell us a little bit more. <laughs> about what you're doing. You know, I mean, my book's just been out, just come out. Um, I ran a giant American peace invention experiment just a week ago, and we targeted one of the most violent cities in America. And the plan was, of course, to try to target that and have an effect. You know, and I ran it over six days on Gaia TV. Um, and it was broadcast around the world. People could participate. Anyone could participate around the wor- world uh, by signing up. And a completely free event. I was really interested in seeing the rebound effect on the people. Um, I, I'm hoping we have an effect on the target. That would be nice. I have a scientific team who are going to measure it. But what's even more interesting to me is the effect on the participants. So we're just surveying them now. And all of the Participants in early peace, earlier peace intention experiments of mine have, and healing experiments have demonstrated major, major changes in their lives. Just the act of being part of this thing seems to have these enormous rebound effects. And where I was really interested in was, is this going to make them more tolerant? As I said, there's really good evidence that being involved in altruistic endeavors like this, even thinking about it, opens up all of that system in the body that creates more tolerance for the other. And I thought to myself, well, that would be an interesting little thing. Let's just say that all the people who participate experience more peace in their lives or more tolerant or more loving of strangers and all of that as participants of mine in the past have been. Imagine if that ripples out, it'll have its own little effect in some way on healing America. So that was the that was the master plan. I have a Middle Eastern experiment. We're going to be doing live streaming it um, on November 9th. And um, we have some other big intention experiment planned. I'm planning to do more live stream events. 
Um, people are very excited about that. I've been, I've been just playing around with that on Facebook. And also a lot of organizations are wanting to adopt these power bait ideas. So I'm talking with a lot of churches in America are really interested in this and a number of other business groups, et cetera, just realizing how these small groups can be really powerful mechanism in, in their organization. I can see it being adopted into, you know, putting children in groups of eight, getting them to work on each other, help each other. Like it's really transferable how it could, how, what the impact it could have. Exactly. And here's the interesting bit about it, Kitty, that was so surprising for me. Um, remember I showed, talked to you about these major brainwave changes that we, we noticed and that we documented with the study we did with Life University and that they were, they were identical to Andy Newberg's studies of Sufi masters. Here's the most fascinating thing about it. You know, a Sufi master or a Buddhist monk has to go through years of discipline practice. Um, and also requires hours perhaps of priming before they get into this mystical state. My people who were part of these power of eight groups we studied were just student volunteers. They'd never done this before. Most of them had never even meditated before. Mm. And all they had was a 13 minute video that I made telling them how to do it. And that was it. And yet they were transported into this miraculous kind of altered state and there were you know when they measured later the people who were the targets they had lower mechanisms of pain etc etc so this transformation can happen in an instant and it tells me something really powerful which is you know we've always assumed that having major transformations or healings requires a lot of work but here is the really interesting thing you know after doing this, I've sort of come to the conclusion that, you know, you don't need years of practice. You don't need ayahuasca. You don't need sweat lodges. You know, all you need is a small group mm. and the, the desire to pray essentially with one voice. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so for people listening, uh, how can they get involved? How can they find you? I, they can find me at lynnmctaggart.com and on there, if you don't have, um, if you don't have your own eight, you know, if you can't find seven other people, we are setting up virtual groups of eight, and the virtual groups work just as well. I mean, our master class that ran on for a year was all virtual. Those people consider each other their intention family. They meet, they continue to meet year after year. Nevertheless, most of them have never met. Personally, they meet on Skype or they meet on Google Hangouts. They don't meet in person. They've never actually met, and yet they're so powerful and it works. So people can set up that. We have information on our website that is free about how to do it, how to do your Power of Eight groups, et cetera. So please just join my community and you'll get all of that. Fabulous, fabulous. And I think, you know, for those of you listening, there's a real evidence there that by helping others in our work, uh, has a transformative impact on ourselves and obviously that is intensified when you put people into the power of eight um so lynn thank you so much for coming on kitty talks and uh, sharing your wisdom and telling us more about your new book we will have all of lynn's details in the show notes so you'll be able to find and connect with her and obviously become part of her community 
And uh, I really look forward, Lynn, to seeing how this all evolves and develops. It's really exciting. Thanks so much. It's, it's been my pleasure. And I do encourage everyone to find out more in my book, The Power of Eight, which has complete instructions about how to do this for you today. We will see you again next week on Kitty Talks. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to Kitty Talks. Be sure to head over to our kittytalks.com website. Become a member of our exclusive club and you'll get free interviews and access to our private Facebook group. Exclusive webinars and secret success interviews. See you there.